All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast, episode 290. This is your host, Tommy Tahoe. This is the show where young salespeople come to master the craft of sales and get ahead in their careers. Uh, pumped, stoked, excited to be here. Um, my voice is still raspy, not as bad as the last episode, so uh, hopefully by next week we'll be, we'll be in the clear. So take it easy on me for this intro. My voice is normal for the actual interview itself. Um, we've been on a little bit of a heater, I gotta say, in terms of the podcast. The last few episodes have been fucking dynamite. Vin Matano last week, Zoe Hartsfield the week before that, Alexis Scott the week before that. We've been dropping bars, and this week is no different. Sam McKenna, aka hashtag Sam Sales. Sam is um, just a baller. She's one of my favorite people uh, on the LinkedIn sales world. Um, and I, I've just really started following around her journey the last probably six or so months, maybe 12 months. And I just love the content that she puts out. I love the spin that she has and, you know, kind of her point of view. Uh, so right now she runs Sam Sales, which is a consulting shop. Prior to that, she was running enterprise sales over at LinkedIn. Uh, was also running sales over at On24 before that for a number of years. And we had just such a great conversation that flowed naturally. We talked about some of her favorite sayings, like the urgent bird gets the worm, um, show me, you know me, uh, some of those classics that, you know, she talks about what that really means to her. We talked about her career path and how she got ahead and, and how she got, you know, promoted and, and climbed within the ranks and how particularly challenging that was. Um, at, at certain organizations and at certain points in her career as a woman. And we talk very openly about that. We talk about the sales experience and the leadership experience at LinkedIn, going out on her own um, and how she's helping sales reps every day to, to break through the noise and become better sellers and better versions of themselves, um, including some really cool free workshops that she does. Uh, for example, on writing, which is, you know, a, a really important skill in sales that I think a lot of us overlook. So, Long story short, you're going to love this episode. I guarantee it. Uh, if you don't, you get a full refund on this uh, episode, uh, this podcast that's free. Um, real quick, before we get to the actual conversation, this podcast does not have a sponsor as of today. Uh, so the way that you can support is to subscribe wherever you're listening. That's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. Hit subscribe, leave a review if that's an option. Uh, and then please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. My name is Tom Alamo. I post just about every single day about sales and personal development and mindset. So would love to see you there and connect with you. I respond to just about every single DM I, I try to at least. And so would love to hear what you have to say there. Uh, and I'm starting some really interesting projects as it relates to coaching. So stay tuned on some of that. So uh, thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Let's get straight into my conversation with Sam McKenna. Let's go. All right. Next on the podcast, we have Miss Show Me You Know Me, the urgent bird that always gets the worm. Hashtag Sam Sales. Sam McKenna, welcome to the show. Oh, Tom, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, man. I am pumped to have you. I have fully converted to a Sam Sales <laughs> super fan. Uh, within the last few months and uh, and just 
love a lot of the content you put out. So I feel like we've got a lot, oh. we've got a lot of good stuff coming today. My heart is swelling. Thanks, Tom. So <laughs> so glad you're a fan. You approve. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like the place that I always like to start with folks is is wondering how they got into sales. And I can tell from LinkedIn that you've got a pretty interesting story. And you started early, uh, as some of the past guests have too. So I'd love to just start there and, and hear kind yeah. of the middle middle school uh, ages of, of sales. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, most like everybody, I fell into sales, like there were no grand aspirations to be a salesperson, but I guess I got my start 20, 26, 27, something like that. So I started probably a little bit later um, than everybody else who jumps in in college. And I realized like a um, kind of a pattern that I've noticed in my career that the kind of most pivotal jobs of my life, I actually turned down the first offer that I got. So for sales, the first time I was offered a sales job, I was like, Ooh, sales, no. And I turned it down and I said, just sounds so skeezy and, you know, <laughs> uh, and the, you know, the person came back and said, what can we do to get you in? And so I ended up taking the job. I was so proud of myself. I negotiated for $5,000 more base salary. I Ooh. thought I was king of the world, queen of the world, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, you know, I fell into sales, went right into the deep end of enterprise sales right out of the gate. Um, yeah. And then started from there, but it was definitely a, a scary path because I felt like what am I going to do? I'm going to inconvenience people. I'm going to hustle them to buy my product. I'm not really sure that this is a good fit for me. And now here we are. So why were you not interested at first in sales? You know, I'll tell you a weird story. So I hate inconveniencing people. I am, let's talk about middle school. I am that kid that would go to the slumber parties. I would wake up at four in the morning with like 12 other girls in the room and I would have to go to the bathroom. And I would just lay there until like 7.30 in the morning when someone else <laughs> would wake up so that I wasn't the person that would wake everybody else up. I hate inconveniencing others. And so I just thought, you know, if I'm going to be in sales, isn't that what we do? We cold call, we bother people, we like force them them to buy stuff. Isn't that what sales is all about? And I think like my, my perspective shifted when I, the CEO of the, the company I worked for, the, it was a small $25 million, you know, ARR organization. And he said, you've got to shift your mind. Like you are not hustling and inconveniencing people. They're not getting on the phone with you for their health or because they're bored. They have a challenge they want to solve. There's something that piqued their curiosity about the email you sent or something you said or marketing that we did. It's your job to figure out why they showed up to the call and then help them solve that challenge. And that was a game changer for me. That is so funny. So I have to imagine you sit in the aisle seat on airplanes. <laughs> I do. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm the same way. That's the yeah. reason I knew because I hate to be that, that guy that's like, Tap, Excuse tap. Me. Can you get oh. out? Oh, that's and especially the if they're sleeping. And if you're in oh. San Francisco, like you normally are, and you fly to the East Coast, forget it. I'm definitely no. sitting in the aisle. I'll, I, I will miss a flight before I sit on the, <laughs> before I sit in the window and have to wake people up to go to the bathroom, or I'll I'm just won't so, go. I guess the waking up, the worst, the worst. <laughs> that's so interesting. So that was, um, so it sounded like that job came to you though before, like you said, you turned it down. So did you, did you interview for it or someone you knew was like, Hey, Sam, I think you'd be good at this. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about again, maybe another pattern in my life. And so the way that I got this job, um, actually the job I had previously was in two, I had 
2007, I got that job. And then early 2008, when things kind of started to fall apart with the financial crisis, I got um, called into HR's office at three o'clock on a Friday. And I was like, oh, I'm like, maybe they want to promote me. So naive. (laughs) And I actually got laid off. But what I was doing at the time was I was kind of running like marketing for a sports club uh, in Washington, D.C. that overlooked the arena that we have in downtown D.C., which was so cool. And as part of that club, you had a bunch of CEOs that were members. And of course, I networked my buns off. And one of those CEOs, his name is Paul Valella. He's here in D.C. still. He's an angel investor and venture capitalist. And he owned a company called Higher Strategy, which was a recruiting company. I had networked with him. I had scheduled a lunch with him while I was still working there. And the day that I got laid off, I saw my move. So I sent him an email and I said, hey, we should probably cancel our lunch. You know, unfortunately, I was laid off today based on the fiscal crisis. And of course, as I knew he would, he wrote back and he was like, hello, I own a recruiting company, come in. And so I did. And then that's how that job came about. They said, we'll place you. Do you want to be a recruiter? And I was like, no, thanks. And then they said, we'll find you a job. And so then that job was offered to me. Um, and you know, went from there, but that, that it's, you know, it, it, it definitely is your experience and what you can do, but it always comes down to who, you know, that networking angle is so, so important. Mm, absolutely. And so you start off on the job, you kind of change the perception of, you know, pestering people versus, Hey, I have something that can actually solve their problems and make their lives better and easier. Was it like, did you just come out of the gates like swinging and just like breaking records and selling deals or it was a little bit of a slow burn? How did it start? I think I took, um, so I started in June or May of that year. Um, and it definitely took me like four or five months to get into my role. I, didn't, I had no idea about like sequences and when you were supposed to, I mean, like outreach, sales off, gong, things like that didn't exist back in the day, right? So I didn't know how many emails to send, who to do them to, you know, whatever. So I actually did what I still do this day. Again, capitalize on my network and I became a great social seller. So I started to kind of look at my book of business, figure out, how I could make an impact. Um, And one of the really interesting things is when I got promoted internally, um, my CEO again said, you can take three accounts that you've been working already. You can take those with you or any accounts that, you know, are on whatever untapped right now. And I started to look and see um, where did we have a good concentration of business, but not a, not a wide concentration in that vertical. And I found that three of like the top 20 law firms in the United States used us, used us as tiny little shop when they could use anybody else. So I interviewed their CMOs. I emailed all three of them and I said, I'd love to understand why you use us. My very first meeting was with a a gentleman by the name of Jim Durham. um, And he said, you know, let's talk. And then he said, you know, if you want to look at my network on LinkedIn, just tell anybody that you want um, that you're a friend of mine and that they should take a meeting with you. And I was like, sorry, what? Yeah. And so, but here's the, here's the kicker, right? So one, be bold and ask for these meetings. I was 28. I don't know. I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing, talking to a CMO then. And then think about when you get an offer like that, follow through. And I, I know that everybody's like, well, no, no, duh. Um, but nobody does that. It's so rare to get that follow through. So I literally stayed up that entire night in our Richmond, Virginia office. And I went through one by one by one, sending emails, subject line, front and center from a friend of Jim Durham's plus our company name. And I killed it, right? Like, just be smart and use social selling and you'll start to kill it. 
This reminds me of something that I've seen on uh, on LinkedIn the last few days. And I feel like I've seen, I don't know if you, you posted or you commented, but I, I happen to see it uh, about people that make introductions or they give you advice or mentorship or something to help you in your career. It's, and then yeah, that dog. person not following up or not letting you know, I'd love yeah. for you to, to give your, your two cents on that. Cause I, I, I get people that hit me up all the time, not because I'm special, but because they want to work at gong and <laughs> yeah. they always want to grab a call. I can't grab a call with everyone. So sometimes I'll say, Hey, might want to check out this, that, or the third. And then it's very rare that I hear back about the interview or how it went, or did they even get one? Um, and it's just, it's very frustrating. So I'd love for you to expound on that. Yeah. Doug, so Doug Landis posted about this. Doug uh, Land, he's yeah. A, yeah, partner at Emergence Capital. And you think about a person like Doug, if you manage to somehow prove value, get him to accept a meeting. I mean, you should be so lucky to get 15 minutes of Doug's time. He is so experienced. He really gets it. And he's a good human. So think about that when you are able to capture someone's attention like that and get a favor before you've given anything else. I mean, what a win. So certainly follow, follow up on what happened and follow through with a thank you at the very least. Well, I think a couple of things, right? Like we um, think about referrals, right? We talk about this in our Sam sales training all the time. What happens when you get a referral? So like you, Tom, let's say you're like, you know what? My buddy Bill is a new VP at this company. I bet he could benefit from you, Sam. So if you introduce us, a couple of things come into play for me as standards. One, urgent bird gets the worm. Every single day before I push back from my desk, I'm thinking, did I get an inbound lead? Have I been referred by somebody? And have I responded to that email without fail? I'm not going to leave my desk before doing that. You're giving me the most golden silver platter thing I could ask for a referred lead by someone who probably needs us. When I do that, my next move is going to be reply all. I'm going to move you, Tom, to BCC. I'm going to say, thank you, Tom. So nice of you, yada, yada. Moving you to BCC. And then I'm going to respond to the person you introduced me to. Now, again, this might seem obvious, but sometimes I'll make referrals or introductions. And then three days go by and I'm like, hey, Tom, did you guys get in touch? And you'll be like, oh yeah, I emailed them directly without you. And I'm like, cool, thanks for keeping me in the loop. Um, so make sure you just seem so obvious. And then the other things that I do, um, separate cover, Tom, that was so nice of you. Thank you so much, really appreciate it. I'll keep you in, in the loop. And then once we have the meeting, I'll follow through to say how the initial meeting went. And if we're moving on to next steps, if it's a long sales cycle, I'm putting something on my calendar midway to let you know what's going on. And whether or not the deal closed lost or closed ones, I'm close wins, close one, whatever. I'm letting you know one way or the other so that you know whether or not it was a good lead and whether we move forward. What I want you to think about that is you are teaching other people that you are worthy of repeat referrals. Like you've got one shot to make or break. So make sure you follow through. And certainly if somebody offers you time, do that. And I'll say one more thing um, on the note of like, you know, people asking for your time, right? Because they want to work at Gong. You get the same thing back, right? Every day. Can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? Oh. And I know like a lot of people say I'm at capacity. I can't make time for it, et cetera. I think that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Like, I feel like if I, if I wasn't, you know, if I could just stretch myself and make time for you, like maybe I could just do that if I, you know, was a little bit nicer. So I just always like to say, you know, like I, I get, as you can imagine, I get so many of these. And if I said yes to everybody, you know, there'd be no opportunity for me to do any work. So I, at this time, I'm really sorry. I can't. So it's more, not that I can't make time for you. I can't make yeah. time for 
right? For anybody. Yeah, that's it's important to learn how to say no to people, yeah. especially as you get older and more experience and more opportunities. No, I, I don't mean that. I just mean like you, there's more stuff on your plate. You know what totally. I'm saying? Like there's more now than there was when you had your first sales job. I can buy probably a hundred times. So even, um, even for you, Tom, internally, right? Like as you yeah. become, you know, continue to rise internally or other companies, people are going to want to leech onto you internally to find yeah. out your secret sauce. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like I've, I have experienced that to a small scale, so I can only imagine what it is like for you and just <laughs> having to turn down good opportunities to focus on the great ones or yeah. the best ones. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask, I know you're in DC. Have you been there? Have you been like remote since, since like before remote was cool? Like you started the trend like way back in the day? Yeah, I think the um, kind of my, one of my sales success stories was convincing our CEO, um, I don't know, probably a, a deck, no, like again, 10, 11 years ago uh, to let us all go remote. So there was 12 of us in an office in, in DC and I'm like, I Is that know, on 24? No, that was one company before, uh, V-Call, okay. Precision IR. Um, and yeah, I convinced our CEO. I was like, there's 12 of us. We don't, you know, talk when we're in the office. You're probably paying 20 grand, you know, for this space. Like, just let us work from home. And he was like, that's a great idea. Okay. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And I was so excited. Sorry. That's all right. Dogs are welcome on the show. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I was so stoked though, you know, like just the fact that we now got to work from home. I was like, oh my God, I can wear my pajamas every day. It's great. But like, I love being in the office and being around colleagues, but I truly believe like one remote is great because you can go where the talent is. And that was, you know, a, an uphill battle I fought at LinkedIn, like to just say like, let's break out of our mold of requiring people to be in the office. Um, and I, I made some headway, but now, you know, look where we are. Like, it's been amazing to see the productivity and the talent we've been able to hire just by being flexible. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'd love to hear about, <laughs> you, we, we talked a little bit about this in the show. It's in your headline on LinkedIn, 13 sales records uh, broken in sales. You've been in sales for roughly that same amount of time. So you're on like a one per year, uh, one record per year standard, which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back, like, have I ever broken a record? Like, damn, I don't think I have. <laughs> you got to so, keep track. <laughs> seriously. So um, could you walk me through one, like, what are the types of records we're talking about? Uh, and two, uh, how, like, maybe you could share an example or two and like the story behind it. Yeah, um, I think one of the, the most fun ones for me was the first, this was at On24, the first woman to go, and I think even the first employee to go from being an individual contributor to an executive leader internally. So having, wow. you know, yeah, risen my way through the ranks, been an IC, I think for about two and a half years there, then I got promoted, um, you know, director, senior director, and then ultimately VP. So that was pretty awesome, like a great way to pave the path for other women, you know, to see see a track of success and also say, this is what, this is what it takes. Um, and then I think a good one for me too, was, um, not only the highest over quota, I think it was for a decade, but the, but that was also the, um, I hit it the fastest. So not only did I go the highest above my quota again at on 24, but I think I finished in like September with my year. And I think like, that's kind of, you know, a good story to talk about path for success and, you know, how, how well you can do in sales. If I hit my number and I know I'm already going to club in September, 
I've got a couple of options, right? I can put my feet up for the rest of the year. I can think about, you know, putting my feet up for six weeks and then building pipe for Q1, or I can slam my foot on the gas and just print money. And that's what we're here to do, right? Like that we're the roller coaster, highest highs, lowest lows of sales to make a ton of money, right? And to really flex our muscles on that. So for me, no matter how much I had, how much pipeline, how far I had excelled over quota, the goal really was just to make sure that I kept doing it. And then, you know, I grabbed those, those rings. Damn. How high percent over, over quoted? Do you remember? Um, I think this was one, one thirty seven point five, And then the next year I didn't do it as soon, but I got one forty three the second year. So I think I did it like by November. I know such a disappointment, um, <laughs> but it, it was cool too. I think the other uh, thing about that same year was I was also a player coach. So not only did oh. I do all of that, yeah, but I'd hired my first, one of my most successful reps ever, um, Katie O'Rourke, I'll call her, call her out. I hired her, Shout trained her. Yeah, she's killer. Um, and she got rookie of the year um, that same year. So we, we're good. We're a dynamo. That's awesome. <laughs> I've done the player coach. I would not recommend it. It's not for the, the faint of heart, as they might say. Um, yeah. Well, I won't I, even I get into it. But. <laughs> such a bad strategy. But I was lucky that Katie was just... Uh, is a killer um and yeah. they definitely made my life easier that's amazing i i, I want to focus for a second on the first record that you brought up about on yeah. 24 i have a few questions about it so um so you went from ic for two and a half ish years director senior director vp so the first question i have is you know a lot of folks that are listening to this are probably ic they're probably either aes or sdrs and a lot of folks have aspirations to get into leadership how did you how did you evolve so quickly? Because you need really different skill sets to be an AE versus a director versus a VP. Um, so how did you evolve yourself in that way? I think a couple of things. So for those of you who want to get to leadership, I will say, are you sure? Um, <laughs> I will just say like, just keep in mind, right? Because just because you're an amazing seller doesn't mean you're an amazing leader. And to me, like the, the true thing you have to think about is does somebody else winning excite you more or as much as you winning, right? Because that, that really is it. It's no longer your wins. It's a team win. And you've got to think about whether you love being the thick of it and just having control of your schedule and just selling, or if you really want to scale, what makes you so good to other people. So that's one thing. I think the other, you know, I was never quick to get, I was never quick to try to get promoted. And I guess the, the lesson kind of there is, and I, I say this, especially for SDRs, when SDRs come to me and they're like, I've been an SDR for eight months, I'm ready to go. I want to be an enterprise rep. I'm like, oh my God, my advice to you is take a, take a beat. You know, if you are killing it as an SDR, do it for another six months, like mm. find the AE you're partnered with, if they're good and just say, can I, can I run a deal for you from start to finish? Do you think I'm ready for that? Can I shotgun a deal? Can I build a proposal? Can I do everything for you for one deal? And you make sure I'm kind of doing it right as a leader. Start to do that before you are on the hook for quota because that becomes, you know, a huge burden. And so figure out the figure out the way to do it then. And that was the same thing for me. As soon as I killed it, I'm like, let me just rinse and repeat one more time. And I think when I knew I was ready for leadership, I did something that I think a lot of people do, just not in the right way. So I went to my leader, Ben, at the time, and I was like, I want 
I want to one, I want you to know that I want to be a leader. So I'm, I'm going to vocalize it and say, I need to know if I have skill gaps. If you think I have potential for that, like I want to have that honest conversation that within 12 months, that's my hope. And the next thing I said is how, what can I do to go above and beyond? Right. So I think as a salesperson, you've got to think about crushing your number. Like you can't expect to get promoted if you're hitting 78%, 80%, like you're there yeah. to do one job. So make sure you can do that first. But then I just said, what keeps you up at night? What are your, what are your things that, you know, are worry you? And he listed three, two of which were, we've got a problem with attrition, who doesn't? And then we've got a problem with um, ramp, how quickly reps ramp. And so I was like, well, I can solve those. So if you're thinking about stretching yourself as an AE, SDR, whatever, don't just assume that you can think of a, an idea out of thin air, right? Don't go and create a birthday club. Don't go and do something that's completely unrelated to what your executives need. Think about their challenges and then look for a way to do something around that. So I, I presented to Ben, I was like, I'm going to come up with a culture club to prevent attrition, to say that people are more than just a number. We care about you. And then we're going to do a, um, a partner program for when people come on, like a mentorship program. And we got headcount, we got budget. He trusted me with it. And we built two awesome things that I think both still stand today. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing just too, for like anyone out there, again, a cool story for me here is, you know, I had some, I had some fun girl bullies, one in particular there, um, who said it can't be done. We've already tried this five times. You're going to fail. And I was like, watch me, right? Like the, the best way to make me motivated is to underestimate me. So we, we built it. Um, <laughs> I'm competitive, but I also want the good. I you love know? it. So yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so we built these, we built these programs, we tracked ROI, we followed through again, that art, that art of follow through. Um, and we, we built something amazing. And then I got promoted by, by on Halloween. I was scuba diving in Puerto Rico when I got the email for getting my promotion. Wow. I will never forget that either. Wow. That's wild. Um, I'd love to also talk for a second about you not only being the first to do that, but also the first female and kind of being like, the lighthouse, so to speak, for others to, you know, use as an example. Um, so I'd love for you to just talk about like why, you know, how that might, how that was different. Like you just mentioned, you know, like a bunch of people were saying, Hey, that, that can't be done. We already tried. Don't even bother. So I'd love to just like talk about kind of like breaking through those barriers and yeah. what that meant to, you know, help inspire others that, you know, were kind of following your lead. I think we are um, in a relatively different place these days with our focus on not only like balanced workforces and having more women on boards and then also everything that we're doing from a DNI perspective, which I think is so, so important. But I think a lot of these kind of biases and thoughts still exist. And I think that the challenge for a lot of women, um, there's tons and tons of data about this, but that, you know, men often get promoted based on uh, potential and women often get promoted on having proven themselves. And I went through that, you know, when I was seeking a promotion once, I was um, uh, passed over uh, for a peer of mine who had been there about the same amount of time and who had never once hit quota. In fact, he had I think, maxed out at like 70%, 71% or something like that. And I'm, I'm you know, it was, a, it was a shocking moment for me, but like a realization wow. of like, we've got to figure out how to, how to stand out more, right. And, and figure out how to fix this. So that was one thing. Um, I think the other thing for like creating the programs and hearing, we've tried this before, you're going to fail. Um, to me again, like 
I think it came out earlier when I was talking kind of about my past that um, I keep betting on myself. And I think that I just know myself well enough that if you give me something, even if I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, I'm going to figure it out, right? Like if I'm putting my name on it, it's going to be, I'm going to say it fucking amazing. And it just will be right. Like I'm going to follow through. I'm going to make sure it, it's worthy of my name and I'm going to make sure that it's a positive experience for whoever's involved. And so I think that was it. Like the, it was just great fuel. And then also like, it was just awesome to follow through and show that, you know, we could do something that had been tried before. It just needed the right person to do it. Yeah. That you got me fired up. <laughs> let's go and I know I know never to tell you that you cannot do something unless it's something that I actually do want no, you no it's to perfect do. yeah no it'll be it's a great way to manipulate me I'll be like oh, I'll show you Tom <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it um so then um after you know six or so years at on 24 I know you were at LinkedIn running mm-hmm. um enterprise sales over there any tips like for folks that you know from an enterprise space like obviously when you, we think about that we think hey big customers big deals um, any takeaways or like key kind of like lessons that you, you brought to the team or learned while you were there? Yeah, I'll, I'll say one thing. Cause I do get this question a lot. How do I get hired by LinkedIn? And so that was, mm. that was one thing I think that I did, um, by, by kind of accident, but I think is a good lesson for everyone to learn. Not only was I super active on LinkedIn, right? Like hashtag Sam sales started years and years ago when I started to sh- uh, share my tips, but I was also a massive advocate for the technology. So for those of you guys listening who are like, I want to get hired by Gong, are you an advocate for it? Do you talk about the results on LinkedIn? Do you, do you tag them? Do you show that you're a big advocate? Do you get their attention in a different way? And I think that's what I did with Navigator. You know, I would send success stories to our CSM team and I'd be like, look at this awesome thing at LinkedIn. Then I remember one of our CSMs was like, Hey, would you come and do a customer testimonial for us? And I was like, what? I was so excited. And I'm like, how much do I have to pay you? Of course I played it super cool. And I was like, I'll see if I have time. Um, let me check my schedule. I even got, um, LinkedIn socks as a thank you afterwards. I thought I'd died and got ahead. Wow. I mean, I really geeked out on this stuff, but I'm doing the testimonial. I got invited to do that because I was so vocal and I was smart about making sure that people saw how excited I was about Navigator. And then, you know, when I did my, um, when I did my testimonial, I almost fell out of my stool. I was so excited talking about it. And they're like, you have to work here. And again, when I was offered the job at LinkedIn, I turned it down. Um, To me, moving from a four or 500 person company to a 16,000 person company, I was like, I'm going to get lost. No one's going to see me. And the first person that interviewed me changed my mind, you know, was like, you'll be seen here. And I was, you know, I, I looked basically when I got in, I thought, you know, where can I be of most value? Like what skill gaps do we have? How can I open doors out of the gate? Um, and just started to build relationships and, you know, get my name out there. And before I knew it, I was speaking at conferences at sales Lofts rainmaker and all sorts of things on behalf of LinkedIn, which, which was awesome. That's great. That's so cool. And then from there, you jumped to Sam sales full time. Yeah. What, what was the, what was kind of like the, was it like a, we're cutting loose? Were you doing some stuff on the side? Like, how did it, how did it work? No, it was terrifying. Um, you know, and for, <laughs> for anyone who thinks about eventually starting a business, like it's, it's scary as shit. Like there's no, like there's no shortage of confidence for me on my side. And I was terrified to do this, but, but I think for me, like 13, 12, whatever it was years, um, breaking all these records in sales, I started to think about like, 
if I'm so successful doing this and if I'm making all this money for everybody else, like I wonder what I can do on my own. You know, if I can impact one team or a series of teams here at LinkedIn, like could I impact two or three different companies if we start Sam sales, if I start Sam sales. And so I just took a leap of faith um, after we had a summer break and then a couple more months. And then before it was Labor Day uh, that, that, you know, a couple of weeks before Labor Day, I was like, I'm going to go give this a shot. And it was really, it was humble um, hopes. I was like, I'll work with five or six clients. And um, now we have 13 employees and 115 clients and we've been in business for two and a half years. But I also think it's the ultimate sales test. Like you think you're such, you know, a badass and that you can do this. Like, let's see what you can do by yourself. Right. And so it was a, it was just a great challenge to chase and hopefully our good fortunes keep up. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, I didn't know you were that bit. You had that many like employees and, and clients. That's huge. Yeah, we, um, we've been super fortunate, you know, and I, I think we grew what feels like overnight. Um, in at the end of 2019, so we started September 5th, we had, at the end of 2019, we had $6,000 in receivables. Woo! Um, and then last year, uh, we closed multi-million dollar revenues, um, which, you know, like, yeah, but it's weird, like, to say it's, I feel, I still feel like I'm lying. It doesn't feel real to me, you know, like luckily I have my team that can see our numbers and vouch for it. But um, yeah, I think our growth also came out of client demand. And like, you definitely see this, you know, in the market and the tech space, like we started to do some consulting and then our clients were like, Hey, like we can't get responses to, you know, our emails. And I'm like, well, let me look at your sequences and outreach. And they were awful. And so we, so we rewrote all of those based on data from Gong, from Forrester, from outreach, from everybody. Right. We rewrote it. We used data. We timed it right. um, And that blew up. And then people said, you know, we've got all, nobody's coaching our, our people. We have all these Gong recordings. What can we do? And it just started to grow. I think I was really proud last year. um, We spoke at 30 sales kickoffs in uh, just under eight weeks, got to keynote for the likes of Dell Tech and Morningstar and just incredible companies. And it's just these moments are surreal, but like at the end of the day, like nothing matters more than the impact. Like hearing, I posted about this this week, um, this uh, SDR Jake had engaged on one of my posts and I was feeling generous. And I'm like, let's just give him a free access to our Sam Short subscription, which is like, you know, 150 bucks. He not only followed through, he watched a course on the masterclass of discovery calls. He used it, he killed it. And then he sent thank you videos, talk about follow through to our whole team. And like, to me, that's worth more than money. Like knowing we impacted even one person's ability to sell their bottom line, their ability to excel, the revenue for their company, their status in the organization. I mean, like my heart wants to explode, right? Like to me, this is what this is all about. The money and the growth is just a fun byproduct. That's amazing. Jake, I want to hire you right now on the spot. (laughs) Say less. I'm sure Um, you got some things. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Um, So how do you, so, okay. I go to your LinkedIn and I see uh, all of these things, right? You've got obviously the content you're doing. You've got a hundred plus clients. You're advising all of these companies. You're an angel investor. You know, you're doing all, you know, all these other coaching opportunities. You're doing these workshops that we'll get to like, how do you help me out? Because I feel like sometimes I put myself too thin and then I look at you and I'm like, oh no, I'm good. Like, how do you handle like the, your focus and your time and like where you prioritize things? 
it is a work in progress, but I'll tell you, like you only see Sam, you don't see all the people under us that support under me that support me, you know, like my, my EA, when she submits her invoices and she's like, I worked, you know, 48 hours these last two weeks. I'm like, just scheduling and like handling our payments and things like that. So one, I think division of labor is super, super important. And I would say this in just in case we have any sales leaders listening, think about your top performers. Those people who are just killing it day in, day out, pull them aside and say, what is it that I can do to take something administrative off your plate? Can I get you an EA? Can we split an EA with a few people? I like, this was an ask I made back to Katie. I I made that ask for her. I was like, she prospects way more than she should. If we can just have her in front of the clients, she'll double her revenue. Give me $30,000 to hire a part-time EA and get her some support. And we couldn't get it. But like, this is something great. Like think of division of labor and how we can make sure that your top performers are doing the right things all day, every day. I think the other thing, and, and again, like super learning curve from the last year, there are some days where I, you know, I can't, I don't eat, you know, I'm in the office from seven 30 until eight o'clock at night. And it's like, it's a, it's a wonder I can even run to the bathroom during the day. But I, I think we kind of learned some things there and put some bumper lanes in. And I think everybody can do that. So like thinking about, um, you know, making sure we have a 30 minute break during the day, making sure we block some time off for admin duties. And that time is sacred. Um, just figuring out how to balance it. And I think the hardest part for me is figuring out, what really needs me on a call versus somebody else on my team. And that's a tough line, you know, and you'll get there too, Tom, where like people want time with you and you're like, I just, I can't give it, but someone else on my team can give it. And you feel like a jerk for being like, you're not important enough, but you know, again, you've got to be selective about where your time goes. Mm, That's super valuable. Um, I want to pivot to hit you with a couple rapid fire questions. Yeah. Oh no. Um, (laughs) So we're, we're big learners on this podcast I imagine that you're a reader. And if you are, I'd love to learn any books that have impacted your career or life. Any topic is fair game. Yeah, I'll do two. So it's literally sitting under my camera here. The Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge. I'm sure a lot of you guys know it. It's an oldie, but a goodie. It's orange too to match our Sam sales colors, as I'm sure Mark intended. Um, I'm currently reading the Sales Forks book, the Mark uh, Benioff book. I'm like 10 pages into it, so I don't, I can't recommend it yet. But the the cool thing I will tell you is like, if you don't already, um, it's not sales related, but um, follow Adam Grant if you guys don't know who he is. Um, he's my future husband, which my existing husband's super excited to hear. Um, <laughs> he's so unattractive. He looks like a baby uncle fester from Adam's family, um, but he's brilliant. He's and brilliant. He's yeah, great. there's some, uh, there's some great pieces that he and Cheryl Sandberg did again, old ones, but, um, in the New York times, and especially for any women listening, Google, um, Madam CEO, please get me my coffee, New York times life altering article for me about my, about my work, um, and what, how I engaged at the office. So really, really killer one that I can recommend. Nice. Um, I love his book, give and take also, yeah, um, so good. we did a book, uh, like a book club at a sales team that I was on a few years ago and did that one. Um, okay. I'd love to hear. So I see you're a, a stock, a quote unquote stock nerd. I either need a stock pick or I need your favorite resources to learn about, um, you know, financial markets or how you kind of look at that world. 
You know, kind of a weird one that I use is I look at, um, I actually look at deal book every day by the New York times. It's not stock specific, but you read about business politics. Like this is a great way to just keep your finger on what's going on. And then I also subscribe to morning brew, um, which has a yeah ton of different newsletters. Like I'm full, full in on morning brew. I get all their newsletters. I like make time for it every day. It drives me bananas. There's so much to learn, but, um, and then stock pick, I, I got in on Tesla in the early days. So, um, I'll, I'll do that humble brag there, but, you know, I, when they like, when they dip a lot, like I'll still buy it on, you know, quote unquote on sale. I think, you know, they're going to do nothing but absurd things. And I think it's a good long-term play if you can handle the, the ups and downs of the three or $400 swings every day. Yeah. When in doubt, Elon Musk is not a bad person to bet on. I would say <laughs> he's a little wild, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, what about any, are you a podcast listener or do you tune in or YouTube or Instagram, totally. like any, anyone that you're like really hot on right now? And again, doesn't have to be sales specific, but anything that comes to mind. Yeah. I think it's going to be so cliche, but the Brene Brown ones, like, I think for me, from oh, a leader. Yeah. Right. She does. And plus like, I like that she's real. She curses, you know, and she's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I'm like, thank God, neither do I. Right. Like it's, it's great. Um, I think she's just, she's, she has awesome leadership topics. She talks about like, again, how to accelerate. Um, and then the other one I would say again, for the ladies on the call, um, HBR, uh, women at work is killer Harvard business review, women at work. You listen to these podcasts, those two alike, and you get so much value out of it. Like, I hate wasting my time. It's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. And I want to make sure that I spend 30 minutes and I actually learn something. So I'm pretty selective. But what about yours, Tom? Like, tell me what I should listen to that you listen to. Oh, wow. We're flipping the script on podcasts. Yeah. On podcasts. Okay. Um, I don't, I actually don't really listen to sales podcasts. I don't think many are good. I'll call that out. Although I do think 30 minutes of presence club is a, is a very good podcast. I do like that show. Uh, I don't know the guys, but I know, I like the show. Um, what do I listen to? Depends on my mood. Sometimes I like personal development stuff. So I'll listen to a uh, little Tim Ferriss, uh, a little uh, Mike Gervais, a sports psychologist. And he yeah. gets pretty deep into that. I really like that. Um, armchair expert. If I'm feeling a little, maybe sillier, a little more, a little Daxy. more neutral, a little Daxy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say that's what's, that's what, and then every once in a while, I, I like, uh, it's like so off topic, but I really like uh, hip hop or like, like nineties, early two thousands hip hop. So every once in a while, there's some that like break down albums. And, uh, so like on a Saturday or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll listen to something like that. Oh my God. That's awesome. I have been listening nonstop to like the billboard 2000, 2001, whatever. That's when I went to college. So it's like, yeah. it's like throwback for me. What about reading? Do you, do you read much? I do. <laughs> Are we, is this, did you take over? What, what happened? What, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> uh, I do. I love to read. Um, I mean, the book that changed my life is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, hands down. Wow. Um, yeah. But there's a bunch of good ones. I think the best sales books don't generally have sales in the title uh, mm-hmm. and aren't really even about sales, but, you know, books like that, books like uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck, um, Grit, Atomic Habits, um, a couple of, you know, four agreements, a couple of those are, are some of my favorites, but we're going to, I'm going to go take back control of this interview. <laughs> so, uh, this got on cage. Uh, what about in the head? Like what goes on on the Spotify, Apple music? Like what, what are you popping? Like when you're getting ready for your day or whatever? 
I like, um, like I like, like you were saying, like a lot of 90s hip hop, like you can find me doing that. We have a Sam Jam, Sam Sales Jam, Spotify really? playlist. Yeah, don't panic. We got you covered. We even came up with a Christmas <laughs> edition. Um, wow. And most of it is just like, the the music you can find me like Elaine Bennis dancing to for any Seinfeld fans out there. Um, I know I'm going roles code there, but um, no, I love I love that stuff. I love um, anything that's like dancey, super motivating. I like a lot of old punk too, um, which I think is kind of weird and surprises people. But yeah, I that, that kind of stuff I love to jam out on, and that's like what gets me fired up in the morning too. Like if I can put my AirPods in and just listen to some tunes and just like go at it, like. We're really rocking and rolling that day. I love it. All right, I got three more for you. First, okay. you got three pictures behind you. I need you to describe each of them in one sentence. Yeah, show me you know me is something that I have bled for my entire career. And to me, it, it infiltrates its way through every single part of the sales process. And it's the art of showing up, you know, knowing something about your client, the space, their vertical, the company, something about them. And this goes from your first emails to how you're looking to stand out to after they've been a client of yours for 10 years and what you know about their account, them as humans, all that jazz. All right. How about the other two? What is that? The, uh, how about the, the other picture? Oh, the, the other two, sorry. Picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, so the pineapple, a lot of people ask questions and some people ask really inappropriate questions about the upside down pineapple. And I'll let you guys Google that on your own. But anyway, the pineapple <laughs> for me is... I don't know what that means. Well, good li- don't, don't Google it on your gone computer. Um, so <laughs> it's to me, even though I'm not from the South, I'm originally from Switzerland. Maybe I should have some cheese framed here instead. Um, but it's like, it's a sign of like hospitality above and beyond friendliness, you know, and I feel like that's hopefully what I exude, you know, especially always being excited uh, on calls. And then urgent bird gets the worm, um, right? We know the adage of the early bird gets the worm, but like urgency matters. And think about it like with leads, inbound leads, you know, I've had reps take 11 days to respond to a lead. My head blew off. Yeah. I tossed them out the window. Um, But to me, Urgency is something that is seems to be in short supply and your buyers are experiencing this, you know, hands down with the people that they're working with. They have to follow up. They have to chase for proposals. They have to say, like, did you get my email? So I know it seems, again, common to be urgent, but think about that as a game changer for you as a rep to your clients. If you respond quickly, if you follow up on time and when you said you would, they'll be like, what's happening? And for the better. Just remove friction wherever you can. Um, Totally. So before we get to, um, you know, where folks can find you and a little bit about some of the stuff that you're up to at Sam Sales, I got to know, who do you want to see next come on the Millennial Sales Podcast? Oh my gosh. Um, that is a great question. Um, let me think, you know, you're stumping me. Um, mm. I would say somebody from Sam Sales, but um, let me, let, can I get, can I take a, can I take a rain check on, on letting you know, like I, my brain's totally fried today. I can't even think of anyone that I, and I adore like 48 people in my network. So I will, I will come back to you. Tom, I Roughly 48. Okay. All right, everyone. <laughs> just so we know, I will follow up. I'll put it in the show notes. We'll make sure that, that we hold Sam accountable here. You'll follow through um, on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so Sam, first of all, thank you for, for coming on. Um, this was great. I highly encourage everyone to check out everything that you're doing um, on LinkedIn and elsewhere. Um, I know you've got a lot of workshops that you do. Um, It sounds like you do them 
I think it's like a free thing that you do. You, you know, read people's emails and you help them with different sales tactics. <laughs> and, scandalous. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. they, 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 they bring you the emails. Um, so maybe you could yeah. just share a little bit about when some of those are, how it goes and then, um, where else folks can, can reach you. Yeah, you guys, the first Friday of every month, we're doing a writing workshop. So we've done two of them so far. Last one had almost five, 499 registrants, 318 people come. It is something that everybody needs. And you just show up, share your email, screen share, show us what you're dealing with, you know, whether it's inbound referral, someone that has ghosted you after you've been chatting for a while, something you want to say to get around an objection, whatever it may be come and bring that, share it, and then we will rework it together with you. I think it's amazing because we have so much to unpack there and it's such a great way to learn together. Everyone always asks, are they recorded? And they are not. Um, we wanna encourage open sharing and not risk that you know your boss or a future client is going to see that email. So it's just for us. Um, we're also doing uh, starting to do perfect discovery call workshops where brave SDRs and AEs are sending us their, what else, gong recordings. And uh, they're going to let us uh, unpack them piece by piece. The good, the bad, the really bad. Um, and just learn as a team, right? So how to do this discovery call, really, really well and how to nail it. Um, I think it'll be one of the most useful hours we spend together because it is with our clients and I can't wait to do it with the masses. I love that. In a perfect world, everyone's boss that has Gong or, or another technology that does that, uh, like does review sessions, in my experience, that doesn't happen very frequently or not yeah. frequently enough. And so I'm glad that you are putting that out there and uh, spending your your valuable time helping people out and and uh, you know trying to bring knowledge to the masses. So uh, mm -hmm. I appreciate what you're doing out there, trying to make uh, sales a better profession. And uh, again, everyone, I could not highly more highly recommend you follow her uh, on LinkedIn. Thanks, Tom. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the great conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Thanks for checking out that episode. Start of the year. Let's kick some ass again. One of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alemo, uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.